Good afternoon, good morning to those tuning in to the show right now. As you all know, I am Tavares Wilson, the host of Lazarus Productions. Hey, I know I get the last word. Let's jump right into it, man. So we're going off of NBA news first and foremost. Excuse me if I hit the dog in the background. He a little crazy. But let's go ahead and get started. So first and foremost, man, we're going to talk about the trade rumors that happened along with the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. And we're just going to speak on what exactly does that mean for Russell Westbrook? What exactly does this trade mean for him? As you, If you don't know, Patrick Beverly was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker and I believe another player was traded for Patrick Beverly with a pick. So the question remains, what will happen with Russell Westbrook? And what I believe what will happen with Russell Westbrook is simple. They're going to move on from Westbrook. I do not believe him and <clears throat> excuse me, Patrick Beverly can coexist in the same locker room on the same team. If the history between the two has taught us anything is that they both do not like each other. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a personal beef to the point where they can't stand to see one another and, they, you know, they'll just fight on sight, whatever case may be, and that's not the case. But you can tell they do not care for one another. They don't really have that much liking for each other. So to have those two as teammates, I think, would just be a disaster waiting to happen. And this move, to me, just screams that Westbrook will be moved. And... I'm not sure for what exactly, but I have seen rumors. I have seen speculation. And one of the speculations that I've seen is the fact that they said there is a trade package being put together with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. I believe it's their 2023, 2024 first round pick, something like that. And they're going to trade him to Indiana. For Buddy Hill, and it was for another player that I cannot... Miles Turner, that's who it is. Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. And to me, if I'm the Lakers, I I easily pull the plug on this. I mean, I the Westbrook show, to me, in my personal opinion, was never a good fit. I never thought Westbrook would be a good fit with LeBron James. At, at least not now. Maybe if they both were still in their prime, then yes, I could see it. Because they were both just dominant players and both were really elite playmakers. But... At this point in their careers with an Asian LeBron who can still play at an extremely high level, still a top five player in my opinion, but he is without a doubt is Asian. And with a Russell Westbrook who shooting percentages and just overall shot shot making and shot taking selections is just seems to be getting worse by the year. And I love Russell Westbrook, but we gotta call a spade a spade. He his shot selection is not the best. It was, it was never the best, but it just seems to get worse each and every season. And <clears throat> I still think Russell Westbrook is very much a top 20, top 25 player in this league. I think he will go to a team and help them out as long as he can control the pace of the offense like how he did with OKC. I still do believe he is that. I still do believe he can help young players get better because he is one of the better mentors and one of the better player coaches in this league. Victor Oladipo spoke about this multiple times. Um, I believe his name is um, World Peace Now Freedom now, and his freedom, and his cancer, as we all know. Spoke about this. Steven Adams spoke about this. They love Russell Westbrook as a teammate and player. So I can see him going that route with the Pacers and helping a lot of those young guys out that they have there. But at the same time, I believe this, this move will instantly make the Lakers a contender again. 
You got you'll have two elite rim protectors at AD and Miles Turner. Miles Turner led the league in blocks two seasons. This is a guy that can rebound well. This is a guy that can defend well. And he's a big that can stretch out and shoot the three ball pretty damn well as well. So you got that. You get Buddy Hill, who's one of the better shooters in our league, whether it's off the dribble or even spot-up shooting. He is a sniper. Just that simple. And you pair that with a guy in LeBron James, who's as we all know, is a very good passer. Great passer, actually. Then you get... <clears throat> Kendrick Nunn back Who I believe they still do have on a roster And if you get him back You get Patrick Beverly Coming in the front court I believe you got a pretty solid starting five I really do So with that being said If I'm the Lakers I'll put a plug on this Now Often some other NBA news is isn't really too much Of anything going on in the NBA news But I wanted to speak a little bit About the Chet Holmgren injury I believe that's how he says his name. Excuse me if I butchered his name, but as you all know, as you may all know, he got hurt during the summer league games and he will miss his first season as a rookie. He's out indefinitely. He's not coming back this season. And what does this mean to me in terms of players playing in the summer league? Now, to me, this means players will not be playing in the summer league anymore. It's going to be like it's going to be treated like the preseason now, where in the football, where Guys play maybe a handful of games and that's it. Some league, I mean, you already have the NBA preseason as well, so they can just play there, you know, get in shape, whatever the case may be, get up to speed with the NBA speed, you know, whatever the case may be. But the summer league, I believe it's dead now. I believe rookies, young players, if you mean something to the team, you're not playing. You're not playing. It's just that simple. That's what this injury does and what it will become in the near future I believe so and it's terrible it's just devastating to see that he got hurt man it's such a he's a promising prospect I know he has weight issues but he he just oozes talent man and <clears throat> the amount of matchup nightmares he would have bought to teams for OKC would have been scary he, he to me like I said before he's a boom bus player he's either going to be really really good Oh, he's going to be, what the hell do we do? Like, it's one or the other. I don't think there's no in-between for him. I know a lot of people say that, but when I watch the film and I watch him play, that's what I see. I see a play that's going to either boom or bust. And we got to wait another year to see what he'll be. And I, I think the man can make it work, man, especially in this day and age because stretch bigs are literally the new, the new centers. So I think he can make it work. <clears throat> Excuse me. But often other news, I'm going to get into some NFL news because isn't really too much going on in the NBA that really catches my eye in terms of news. But let's get off into the NFL news and we're going to talk about these last couple preseason games that was just played. First and foremost, before I get to, to my Dolphins, I got to give some props to Justin Fields, man. He played lights out in his final preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. Justin Field went 14 for 16 guys, 156 yards, three touchdowns. He ran for 11 yards. He had a 146.9 QB rating. And on top of that, this dude was, he just looked like he took that other step. Like he, he just looked like, I'm, again, I know it's the preseason. 
I know it was against guys who are trying to make a roster. I know it's against guys who are just working at Foot Locker. But it's good to see your young quarterback playing with confidence and such poise and just seems like he's getting better because that all that's going to do is make him better. Regardless of who is out there on the field playing against him, you're giving him the confidence he needs in order to become better. And I just thought he looked absolutely phenomenal, man. I thought the dude was playing lights out. He was throwing darts. I'm talking about he was throwing darts, man, in, in Cleveland. He had one touchdown throw that was, that was a... I believe the dude ran a post-corner route. And he threw it between two defenders on a rope. I think it was like a 20, 25-yard pass in the end zone right at the goal line. It was beautiful throw, man. He, he, played, he played really well last night. I got to give him credit for that. Because I know a lot of people have, haven't really been high on him and saying that he doesn't have the receivers. He may not take that next step. If last night was an indication of what to come for the Bears... To me, in my personal opinion, you just need to get some receivers, man. Get some receivers and get up, share up your offensive line just a little more. This dude can play. I've always thought Justin Fields was that guy. But let me get into my team now. Let's get into the Miami Dolphins. And let me say this. I believe the Miami Dolphins looked exceptional last night. I thought Tua looked fantastic. He... The Miami Dolphins put 48 points up on the Eagles, beating them by 38, almost put up 50. Two of them went 6 for 7, 121 yards, excuse me, and a touchdown. And Tyreek Hill added two catches for 64 yards. The first play of the game, they threw a 51-yard bomb. And let me say this before I go into the rest of the game analysis. For those people who want to critique Tua for saying, he underthrew the pass. If that was Patrick Mahomes, it's a touchdown. If that's this guy, it's a TD. If that's that guy, it's a TD. Listen to me, man. I have been one of the most critical people of Tua of late. I have expected better from him. I want better from him because I know he can be better than what he has shown these past two years. I do not doubt that for a second. But we got to start being nitpicky, man. That throw he made was a damn good throw. It was. I'm not saying it was the best throw I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't. Not even close. But it was a damn good throw. It's the, the throw y'all are expecting people to make, bro. Literally only five quarterbacks, five, maybe six at the most in the league can consistently make that throw. Notice what I just said. Consistently. Meaning... More often than not, they're going to complete that damn throw than, you know, not completing it. Patrick Mahomes is one. Josh Allen is one. Justin Herbert is one. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers is one. But who else? I mean, who, Russell Wilson? Maybe. Every time? No. Who else? Matthew Stafford? The guy who just showed you in the NFC Championship game who severely underthrew his receiver and gave I believe the safety was Jaquizzi Tart, a, a gift as a pick, and he dropped it. I mean, I'm just saying, who, who else? Who, who else came to Deshaun Watson? I mean, maybe. Like, this is a guy who made a good throw, and instead of, you know, saying that, most people saying that, man, he made a hell of a good throw. And then you got people 
just oh man, it wasn't good enough. You know, Tyreek Hill had to come back far for whatever the case may be. He threw it away from the safety intentionally. He he threw it only Tyreek Hill could get the ball. It's a good throw. It's a good throw, man. Like it's there's nothing else to be said. I just I see why now a lot of tour fans and tour stands go to bat for this dude because you can't satisfy anyone. Like he just can't. And I'm not saying Tua doesn't deserve critique because some of the critique against him, which I believe I also have given to him, is fair. It's, it's fair. I'm not saying it's not. But at the end of the day, if you're telling, if you're sitting here complaining about that throw he made last night at Tyreek Hill, bro, just shut up, bro. Just, just say you don't like the guy. Just say you want to see him fail. And that's it. Because any, bro, any quarterback in our league will make an underthrown ball or, you know, not throw a perfect pass on any given throw. Patrick Mahomes has not always hit Tyreek Hill in stride on every pass. He hasn't. Josh Allen doesn't hit Stephon Diggs in stride on every pass. He hasn't. It, does, it doesn't always happen that way. You know, you just... The receivers get paid to make plays, too. And Ty- Tyreek Hill made a play on a good damn ball. That's it. Was Again, was it a perfect throw? No, it wasn't. But at the end of the day, it was a very much a catchable ball. It very much so was a good enough throw. Even better than good enough, it was a good throw. And on top of that, people got to understand that it's only, again, it's only a handful of quarterbacks in the league that would throw that ball on a rope for 65, 70 yards, bro, and lead them to the end zone. It's only so many. It's only so many. Y'all have to relax. But... With that being said, I'm going to do a little segment now a part of the show where I'm going to predict the NFL playoff teams for each conference. Now, with that being said, I'm going to start off in the AFC. The, this is a bit of the, the stronger conference. So this one, I'm not going to lie to you. This one's a little bit tougher to call. So I'm going to get right into it, man. So first, I got the Bills winning the AFC sitting at the top at 14-3. Then I had the Browns, but with Deshaun Watson being hurt, I removed them from my – not being hurt, I'm sorry, being suspended. I removed them from my <clears throat> from my playoffs list. And they placed – I put the Chargers. I moved them up from 3-2, to two, the Chargers. I got them going 11-6. We the Chargers will be good. Then I got the Colts going ten and seven, winning their division. You know, they. I just feel as if their division is wide open. The Titans are rebuilding. That Malik Willis also looked good last night. If I do say so myself, he had an impressive run. He made some impressive throws. Then after the Colts, I got the Ravens. I got the Ravens making it. And the, oh, you know what? I'm gonna have the Ravens over the Chargers. At the second, at number two seed at 11-6. Then I got the Chargers third. Then I still got the Colts fourth. Then after them, I will have the Dolphins going 11-6. Then I have the Chiefs going 11-6. And after that, I have the Bengals making it in at 10-7. And, and teams I got just missing the playoffs, I believe the Broncos and the Raiders would just miss the playoffs. And here's why... I believe the Broncos and Raiders will miss the playoffs. First and foremost, <coughs> excuse me. 
first and foremost, one thing I noticed about Russell Wilson and the reason that he does not have a MVP to his name yet is because he closes games pretty badly. Like he, not games, but I mean, sec- the second half of the season, he is nowhere near as good as he starts off. Like he, when we've seen it from Russell Wilson, he starts off playing at an MVP, unanimous MVP level. And then week eight, week nine rolls around. He just, he just falls back down to earth. Not to say he looks bad because he doesn't, but he just doesn't look nearly as good as he once did in the beginning of the season. And I'm sorry, man. If, if you look at their last, look at their last couple games. I mean, I, what is this? Their last, I believe this is the last six games, last seven games. They got the Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Chiefs again, and then they got the Chargers. Bro, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's a six-game stretch where you're playing. But majority of these teams will be playoff teams. Like the only playoff team that may not be here is the Cardinals, and that is a big if because the Cardinals can very much make the playoffs. This, this is these last six games for them are going to be tough, man. They're going to be real tough, and. I, for one, I just, if Russell Wilson can't maintain his MVP caliber play or a high-level play like we've seen from him before, they're going to have a rough, they're going to have a rough time with those last six games, man. It's going to be rough. It's going to be bad. That six-game stretch is brutal to close their season off. But with that being said, the reason why I don't believe the Raiders make it is because, if I'm being honest with y'all, I just don't. I'm not a believer in the Raiders, man. I don't think their secondary is good. You know, they got. I know they got Matt Crosby and Chandler Jones. I know they got. I believe they still got Denzel Perryman, if I'm not mistaken. I know this is. I know this is a team that has a pretty damn good front seven. But I'm just not impressed by their secondary play, man. I'm just not. It's it's not a lot of. It's not a lot of emphasis that I would put on anyone in their secondary. I'm trying to look now to see if anyone can change my mind about that. But for what I see, man, I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I just don't. I mean, outside of outside of really Jonathan Abram, who's a in the box safety for me. I don't think he's a cover guy at all. I don't. I don't really like their secondary. I mean, I know they got Rocky Sin now. I know they got Trayvon Molin. I believe Anthony Everett is there as well, if I'm not mistaken. I just don't see it, man. I, I don't like it. I don't think this is a team that has a good enough secondary. Again, I could be wrong. It is what it is. I'm not denying that. But at the end of the day, they don't have anyone in the secondary that scares me. And I think in this league, you need to have a, at least a decent secondary. I don't think their secondary is even that. I think it's below average. I'm not saying it's horrible or horrendously bad, but it is below average. And if you can't stop people from passing the ball, that's going to open up the run game, and that's going to open up teams beating you badly because now you want the mission of the offensive side and the defense will know that. So they're going to pin their ears back, get out to the passer, rush you, and that offensive line isn't what it once was either. So now you're really screwed. It is what it is. But if I had to take a guess, 
I don't think the Raiders or the Broncos make. I think they just miss it. I think both teams could go nine and eight, nine and eight, ten and seven, and just miss it. Maybe miss it on technicality. But I don't see it happening. Now, let's get up into the NFC where I posted my seven to go to the playoffs again. So, first seed, I got the Rams. I think the Rams are still the best team in the NFC. I don't, I know Brady came back. I know, you know, a lot of people are high on the Buccaneers. You know, listen, I got the Rams winning this entire conference. I still think they're the best team in the NFC. Cowboys, I got them finished the second. The Cowboys schedule is just too soft. The Cowboys schedule was a little bit harder. Outside because outside of that first, I think, three, four weeks, this schedule was soft, man. I mean, they play in one of the easier divisions and less competitive divisions in the league. So I'm not really surprised by the schedule. But I believe that schedule is ranked, I believe like 28th in difficulty or something like that. So they got a soft schedule. So I got the Cowboys going 12 and 5. Then I got the Buccaneers going 11-6. I do believe Brady will take a step back this year. I could be wrong about that. He hasn't see, been seen to slow down yet. I'm not I'm not going to bet on him slowing down, but I do believe it's just a gut feeling. I think Brady takes a step back this season. That does not mean they won't be in the playoffs. Don't get that wrong. Then I got the Packers going 11-6. Then I got the Eagles going 10-7. Then I got the 49ers going 9-8. And then I got the Vikings going 9-8. Now, two notable teams that I do not have making the playoffs in the NFC will be the Cardinals and the Lions. Now, I know a lot of people heard that Lions name and said, Lions, are you serious? Like, of course they're not made. Listen to me. The Lions have one of the better offensive lines in our league. You got DeAndre Smith and Jamal Williams running behind that. Then on top of that, Jameson Williams... The um the rookie from last season who, who has the difficult name I cannot remember his name right now because it is a pretty hard name to pronounce the receiver. They got those guys there. Then you got the cornerback duo. You have both are young. Both I believe will be really good. And oh, I gotta look at his name. Now, I know they also signed DJ Chark as well, if I'm not mistaken. Amon Ross St. Brown, that's his name. They, yep, they did sign DJ Charles. So they got, to me, they got three really good receivers. And, and to me personally, the secondary, which consists of Jeff Okuda, who a guy I was very high on coming out of college. So you got Jeff Okuda, then you got the dude, Amani Awurie, excuse me, if I, I know I butchered your name, but this dude, Last season, I believe he led the season. I believe he was second or third in interceptions. I know Trayvon Diggs led the lead last year, but I believe this dude was second or third. It was one of those. Dude only 26. Good player in his prime right now. Go along with Jeff Okuda. I really do believe this team got something, man. I really I really do believe they got something. I would not be surprised at all if this team Snuck their way into the the playoffs and that last wild card spot spot, excuse me. But I I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't be shocked by it either. Now with that being said, the teams I listed off here, I do believe the Vikings and the Niners could very much so lose a game or two that they I got them winning and you know getting them in or to get the Cardinals in, but. 
I do believe this. These are the playoff teams that we will see. And in terms of talent, and who will be firing all cylinders out the gate, or you know, I need time to pick it up in the middle of the season, whatever the case may be. I think the Bills and the Rams, my two top one teams, are gonna come out the gates firing. I think the Buccaneers are gonna come out the gates firing. I think the Packers are gonna have to take some time to get adjusting, used to. Same thing with the Dolphins. Same thing with the <clears throat> excuse me. Same thing with the Vikings. Same things with the Chiefs. I think these teams all will be playoff teams, but I just think it'll take time for them to realize their full potential and actually grasp that. So, with that being said, we're going to get into the fan Q&A now, guys. And as you all know, fan Q&A, you can all ask me questions. All you got to do is comment on my post on Facebook or and or on... I'm sorry, I think I typed in something real quick for my password. But as you all know, like I said before, you guys can comment. You guys can comment on my Facebook post. And on my YouTube post where I share my Q&A and I actually, I share my Q&A and I actually like answer questions that you all ask me directly. But let me go ahead and put this up real quick. I'm sorry guys, my, change, we changed the Wi-Fi recently and I forgot to input the new Wi-Fi on my laptop. So I'm gonna have to pull up the questions on my phone. Now just give me one second. Ah, right, here we go. Okay. Fan Q&A. First question comes from Jay Jax. He asked me, who is the paper tiger of the NFL this year? Meaning, who basically are the paper champions, right? Like, who wins the roster names and roster, you know, look on paper? Like, who gets the look award? And for me personally... I think it's Cleveland, man. Is that a Cleveland or the Chargers? But I'm going to lean Cleveland because there isn't a spot on Cleveland's team that I don't think they have some kind of star potential talent there. Safety, Lamarcus Joyner, Grant Delpit, corner, Denzel Ward, Grant Newsom, their front seven. I mean, come on. Do I even have to say Miles Garrett's name? <laughs> I mean, the, they got that rookie linebacker they drafted last year who has the two last names. I can't recall his name right now, but he's, he's a damn good player himself. Then you go to the offensive side, they got one of the best all-lines in the league, Deshaun Watson, who will be suspended, don't get me wrong, but in my personal opinion, he's still a top-five quarterback in his league. Until he goes out there and absolutely just wets the bed, he's top-five in my book. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, the best running back duo in the entire league, and I don't think that's close at all. And then you got Dearness Johnson behind that. So, you got that, and then you got receivers. I mean, the receiver group may be their weakest position, I'm being honest. And that's 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 not really something that I would even consider weak either, though. Because you got Amari Cooper, who I believe, in my personal opinion, is the best route runner in the league. I, I true wholeheartedly believe that. Then they, they got Jakeem Grant. I, I believe he's he got an Achilles injury. But, yeah, he does have an Achilles injury. But... You got Jakeem Grant, who is who is hurt, so I can't say him. But David Njoku, very talented tight end. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is better than he's given credit for. I don't think he's like a... 
a legit like threat to beat you, but I think he's he could be a good two or three option. I think he could be that at least. And honestly, man, like that's that's literally the one group on that team that I can say I don't think this group is stout. Like every other every other position, man, is just is loaded. I mean, I just don't see how in how in the hell else people really believe this team is not stacked. This team is this team is loaded, man. Like loaded for real, for real. But yeah, those are those are my paper warriors, man. But hold on, answer your question, man. So next question comes from Nan Martinez. He says, Scarlett Thompson good enough to compete for a Russell spot on the Dolphins. First of all, I should have spoke about this when I uh spoke on the Dolphins, but yes, not only is he good enough, he's earned his roster spot. He will make this roster, no doubt in my mind. If he does not make this roster, we got the wrong people running the show. We just do. I, don't get me wrong. I know he's going out there playing against third, fourth stringers, guys trying to make the team, shoe footlocker salesman. I'm, I'm not denying any of that. But at the end of the day, there's something there because he's showing the promise and the poise in the pocket. And that's the one thing that a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with the most is the poise. They're, they get rattled easily, excuse me, and they just let the game speed up too much in their mental clocks and in their heads. This guy plays cool, calm, and collected. He looks good doing it. He didn't make every perfect pass last night. He got some help from his receivers, but that, those those guys get paid too. It is no problem at all with your receivers having you out now and then. So, I've been impressed. I think the dude deserves the roster spot. I just hope it doesn't come in spite of one of these really damn good receivers we have because I, I truthfully believe Lynn Bowden needs to make this roster. If Lynn Bowden does not make this roster, I am going to be upset. I'm telling y'all now, Lynn Bowden will be a borderline Pro Bowl caliber player somewhere else if he does leave. I'm telling y'all now, he's going to be that. But yes, he's definitely earned the roster spot. And his next question, last question, comes from Van Velsen. He says, will Baltimore give into Lamar's extension demands? They better. Listen, listen to me. Quarterback position in the NFL may very well be the most important position in all the sports, period. It's it's very debatable. It may be the very most important position in all the sports. Bigger than pitcher in baseball. It's bigger than, excuse me, goalie in gum soccer. It very may well be the most important position in all the sports, man. It very may well be. Very may well be. When you have a young guy who's arguably top five at his position, who has come in and completely changed the culture. So I know people will say, oh, but didn't the Ravens win the Super Bowl? Listen to me. The three the three years when John Harborough was there, when Harborough was there, after before they got Lamar those three seasons before, it was talking to him being fired. It was talking to him letting Flacco just go training him for something. It was talking to just Destroying the entire roster altogether in terms of coaching staff. Like, Lamar Jackson came in and saved that franchise and team. They have been in the playoffs every season he's been there as a starter. The only reason they did not make the playoffs this year because he got hurt. Despite the fact they even had like 11, 10 players out. This team missed, I believe it was down two, three online starters. Their entire running back room was hurt. Their entire secondary was hurt. Marcus Peters, 
Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Um, I believe Jimmy Smith went down with an injury as well at one point. Safety's got hurt. I mean, what more could you have asked for out of that man to get from this team, bro? The receiver's already no good. Rashad Bateman was the rookie. He came in, had to be a number one, got hurt. Hollywood Brown never was a number one. I said this a million times. He's not a number one receiver, bro. It's not him. Some guys are talented, but that does not mean they cannot be your best. He can't be your best. He can't. The only consistent piece that has been around Lamar Jackson his entire career is Mark Andrews. There's nothing else. Nothing. There's nothing else on the offensive side of the ball that has been consistently good for him outside of Mark Andrews. And I want someone to please name something else. Please. In the last two years, two, three years, just please name another player that's been there and that you could confidently say this guy has helped contribute to Lamar Jackson growth outside of Mark Andrews. If the Ravens do not sign Lamar Jackson to the extension, it will be the worst damn move that franchise has ever made. Book it right now. If they do not sign him to this extension, it will be the worst move they ever made in franchise history. The worst move ever. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. This will be their worst move in franchise history, and it won't be close. Like, regardless of how you feel about anything else about this franchise, it will be the worst move. Worst move. So, yes, in my personal opinion, he deserves every damn cent. Every cent. He deserves it. I don't care if his contract is fully guaranteed. I don't care if he gets $250 million fully guaranteed. He deserves every damn cent, bro. He's been everything for that team. Everything. But that's all I got for y'all today, man. I hope to answer your questions, man. But thank you all for tuning in once again. Y'all be sure to like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I will be posting clips on YouTube. And y'all also be sure to follow me on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, any, any social media platform you can think of. Trust me, I am there at Last Word Productions. Thank y'all again. I'll see y'all in the next one, man.